This is Recorded Future, Inside Threat Intelligence for Cybersecurity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 82 of the Recorded Future podcast. I'm Dave Bittner from the CyberWire. Joining us today is Derek Pendleton. He's a senior digital forensic incident response analyst at Leg Mason in Baltimore. He shares his experience cutting his teeth on security within the federal government, the specific benefits he believes that environment provided, and how he's brought those skills to his work protecting the employees, partners, and customers of Leg Mason, one of the largest asset management firms in the world. We'll get his take on threat intelligence and incident response, and we'll hear his words of wisdom for folks looking to get a start in the security business. Stay with us. It really all boiled down to my experience within the government. Before the government, I had, you know, information technology jobs where I would do network support. But I would really say the foundational piece really came from uh, the government, you know, being able to learn from um, leadership there um, was just a, an experience in itself. Um, it was all security. And the best thing about, I guess, the government is that they, they're, they're actually receiving all different types of attacks, you know, everything, you know, which I think is a little bit different from other organizations. I think that's just where it all began for me. And where specifically were you within the government? Um, at the National um, Computer Center for Social Security Administration. Ah. So is, can you take us through, I mean, what are some of the tasks that you dealt with there working with Social Security? Yeah. So my first role was as an intrusion analyst where pretty much in a learning role, entry level, where it's basically eyes on glass and just getting used to um, threats and attacks taking place and being able to visualize it and understand, you know, what's really taking place in, in regards to that attack. From there, you know, I think uh, the curiosity kind of, you know, is, is spawning, whereas though you're, you you become interested in how these attacks are actually taking place. So not only just looking at it from eyes on glass perspective, but being able to understand the attacks as you go through so many attacks and seeing the, the different ways of um, techniques that are actually being executed within within the actual network. And then just working with senior analysts as well, um, being able to go back and forth with them, um, because I think that's also uh, what plays a big role in security, just having uh, fresh eyes and and being able to forecast the attack together in a way that makes sense, you know, from different perspectives, but also coming up with collaborating. Collaborating is huge. So um, just working, working with others, and then and then learning from others as well. Um, so, coming from an intrusion analyst role, and then going into a, rem- a remediation role, where is another part of an incident response process where you're eradicating, but also a more in-depth analysis on the actual attack, it's like getting more into the weeds of things. I would say. Can you tell us, I mean, who who is coming after the data that the Social Security Administration uh, holds? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as far as attribution goes, I think for the most part it was nation states, but also threat actors or adversaries who are, are financially motivated, you know, um, in regards to 
um, the government sensitive data. I mean, social security is was huge or is still huge, you know, just in regards to identity theft. So um, social security um, and PII is huge in regards to certain account takeovers as well as identity thefts, um, which happens every single day. Now, you mentioned that this was a good place for you to learn and uh, and sort of come up through the ranks. Uh, what was the environment like there? What, what sort of leadership style did they have in place? I would say from my perspective, from an entry level, it was intense, you know, very scary, not wanting to make any types of mistakes in my first week. The process and, and their actual framework for um, spinning up an analyst in the right way was definitely, you know, the best way I've ever seen it which I've heard about, you know, government agencies and the way that they do things. So very good in regards to execution and and just um, taking it step by step, you know, in a way that is a little more digestible. So like the very first day we would just work on maybe denial service attacks, being able to see the differences between um, denial of service attacks, but then also being able to just work with the firewall team and to see what they see, and then being able to give the information that is needed in order to implement certain blocks. And then also, you know, throughout that whole um, training process, uh, just going through different attacks and then going through different playbooks in regards to um, being able to, uh, I guess, to identify those attacks and, and seeing going by those playbooks and, and by that actual framework, what what's what's next steps. So it became a repetitive process, you know, in a way that if you see a certain attack, you kind of already are able to identify what's going on and what needs to be done in order to eradicate the actual issue. Yeah, it's interesting to me because it, it strikes me that a government agency like Social Security, you know, they have a different mandate than someone in the private sector. They're, they're not profit-driven. Obviously, they have an important mission to society. But, and so I wonder, does that make it so that uh, working there, there's a, there's a different pace? They have the time uh, to really take you down a path um, without that pressure of, of having a, a profit motive. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting that you say that just because that's so very true. Um, I've worked in a place where, you know, things are being quantified, you know, in regards to the events that you are under investigation for and what you actually produce in a certain amount of time. So within the government, it is very, very focused, very focus driven on, you know, execution and making sure that our write-ups for those uh, investigations and our analysis within those investigations are the best that they possibly can be because um, those write-ups at the end of the day you know, when we leave work, we leave that for the next analyst in order to interpret. Um, and then, you know, that goes up the chain in regards to uh, the remediation team as well as to the engineers in regard so that they can implement, you know, uh, whatever different blocks within the security controls. So I think, you know, it, it's very it's, it's, it's imperative that those write-ups are um, of a certain quality, you know. So I think um, the government you know, definitely has a great framework in regards to spinning up analysts, for sure. So you decide to to move on to take an opportunity at Leg Mason. Uh, What prompted you to make that move? Um, Just new challenges. You know, for me to be in security was, uh, I would say, a dream, you know, Um, just, you know, being able 
to be in security was something that I never thought I'd be, you know, that I thought that that would be the ultimate end goal for me, you know, just to be in information technology was a huge step. Um, just because there's so many different aspects of information technology that, you know, one should know in regards to the networking down to a server level um, type of maintenance that needs to go on and, and a system administration that takes place. And I, I just felt like security was the end all be all. So um, just to be within the government and then being able to take on different challenges, you know, I, I felt that it was time a bit of for a change, but also new challenges and then working in different infrastructures in different environments um, just because uh, being in the government you do see a lot but then also being out in the private sector you're going to see different things so in the financial sector you're definitely going to see different types of attacks more prone to uh, financial data in regards to those uh, like malicious payloads like malware for com commodity purposes um so like j just being able to take on those type of new challenges was huge for me. And, and then just knowing that the government kind of had a lot of tools within their within their arsenal. And then some private companies don't always have that. So it's kind of a lot of uh, ingenuity comes into play, which, which makes for a great challenge for me. Was there any any bit of a, a culture shift to going from government to private sector for you? Sure. Yeah. Um, just seeing windows was, was something for me. Um, yeah, coming from security operations, gifts and, um, those type of environments, um, you don't get to see the sun or what's going on outside. And, you know, when I came, you know, to like Mason, you know, there, there's windows there and of course that changed, but, but just to see windows was a different was a different aspect. But then also just the process as well within the government. There's tons of uh, policies and guidelines that makes a little bit of certain changes take longer than most. But, you know, within the private sector, um, you can kind of see the landscape of the business and and you're more exposed to different departments easily. And so I think that that's that's one of the differences as well. So let's dig into what your day-to-day -day is like. You are a senior digital forensic incident response analyst. Uh, that's a lot of words strung together. W what does it mean? What are you, what are you actually up to day-to-day? -to -day? Yeah, so um, I have the pleasure to be a part of investigations from initial access all the way down to um, post-activity for lessons learned. Being within the government, there were so many different realms of incident response. Um, but when you come into the private sector, there's sometimes, you know, uh, not as much staff within within the cyber team. So it calls for uh, more duties um, to take upon yourself. So, you know, of course, my day to day is indicative of what really is being thrown at me at that time. Just being a part of different investigations, different um, phishing, all phishing attempts uh, towards the actual enterprise. But then also working work, working with uh, cyber threat intelligence, making sure that we're focusing our areas of interest in the right type of way. Um, instead of looking at it in a, a bigger picture or much broader picture, we're, we're scoping that and parsing it into a more digestible piece of information um, re relative to uh, our technology stack that we have in-house, you know, the things that are important to us. 
So how do you handle threat intelligence? How do you uh, how do you ingest it, and how do you make it actionable? Within our threat intelligence platform, um, we focus on our specific areas of interest. Um, because as a whole, I guess in the beginning of our threat intelligence, you know, we were focused on a lot of threat feeds and um, just filtering those through our SIM and making those actionable. Um, you know, correlating that data along with the data that we have coming in from other controls uh, within our SIM, but then also making it actionable in a way that making it a more rapid response so that our leadership can make uh, a better informed decision. I think that is kind of like the key um, in regards to any investigation that we do is that we, we deliver the best possible information with the highest quality so that our leadership can make uh, informed decisions in, in a much better pace of time. Just because time, we're always, you know, against time in, in regards to certain compromises or, or different types of breaches. So just really focusing on that is, is huge. And then, you know, scoping it down to a point where we're only focused on what we actually need to be focused on. You know, before we were very focused on, you know, all of our Twitter feeds and, and uh, focused on a lot of different security researchers out there, you know, vulnerability researchers, malware researchers, and just taking all of that information in and, and really, you know, making sure that we comb all through it. But, you know, by having Recorded Future as our platform, we're actually able to, to you know, parse out all of the noise a little bit and make it more sound and to where as though we'll focus only on the areas of interest that we have. Hmm. You know, you mentioned uh, being able to communicate with other people in your organization. And uh, I'm curious if you can take us through what that journey's like been for you. I mean, I can think you must have gone uh, through learning all the technical sides of things, but your communication skills must have improved along the way as well. <laughs> they have. Um, and that's not by choice. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, being being exposed to more of the users. I mean, even this year, I've realized the connection uh, in a great way that for our users in, in regards to phishing attempts and how how we can better that effort in regards to educating our users and making sure that, you know, somehow, some way we we develop an intuition when they do reply to emails or, or even open up their inbox into, you know, phishing attempts, you know. And, and so even with those type of efforts, you know, making sure we reach out to those users and, and talk to them in a way that, uh, they can actually understand. And that's kind of like where I guess I have grown where, you know, I would talk a lot of tech, but then I would, you know, need to dial it down so that it would be, it would make sense for the user in a way that they were actually able to understand. So, you know, this year we created an, a new website within, within, um, within our company so that we're actually gamifying, um, the actual effort for users to inform us of phishing attempts because there's no, you know, in regards to email gateways there, there's no tool that will really uh, protect against all phishing attempts. Right. So we really want to drive home um, the gamification of that effort so that users become interested. So this year I've really focused a lot on studying or realizing the different brain activities for users and how from within the holiday months 
all the way to, you know, summer months, how the brain works and, you know, how within the holidays, you know, a lot of users are very, um, are very joyful and then want to help and want to assist when sometimes they might not feel like it, but during the holiday months, they're more inclined to, um, you know, they fo- they're focused on their family members are focused on seeing their family, but they're also focused on getting out of the office early. The sun goes down a little earlier, you know, in, in, in Baltimore. So, and then within the summer months, you have users who are focused on their PTO, their vacations, they're, you know, they're, the, the sun stays out longer. So they're, they're trying to get out before the sun goes down, you know, and enjoy that. You're looking so, out all those windows that you have. Right, 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 right. <laughs> in that beautiful view. So, so, um, so yeah. So just understanding from a user's perspective, you know, what they're going through and then, you know, like I said, gamifying, uh, you know, gamifying it to where as though they can enjoy it and let, and give them feedback, like, and say, thank you that for submitting that as, you know, a cyber informant, we appreciate that because that attack was geared towards, um, carving out, you know, your user creds and then, or maybe your financial data or your browser data, you know, so just making them a part of it is huge for us. And then, so just being in those realms and and talking to users, because before, you know, in a lot of my IT roles, I didn't have to do so much user interaction, you know, so now we're, we're branching out a little bit more so that we can, you know, protect the company at a better level. What are your recommendations for folks who are coming up into the uh, the cybersecurity world? Uh, you know, someone who's in school who's looking to start a career. Do you have any words of wisdom? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would I would just say read. I would I would just say read as much as you can. Um, I would say get into as as many uh, meetup groups as you can. And, you know, just because you don't understand it now doesn't mean you won't understand it later. You know, when I was in the government, um, one of one of my uh, supervisors um, told me, demanded that I get a Twitter account. I, I don't have any type of social media accounts. So getting a Twitter was was huge for me hmm. and just focusing. She, she mentioned to focus just on, you know, InfoSec. And then I've learned so much just through all the people and all the the leaders of InfoSec and what they're giving out to the community. Because, and that's another thing, um, this is just one community and I feel like just the sharing of it is, is huge and there's so much to gain from it, you know? There's so many conferences to go to. And I feel that, you know, when I was younger, you know, it was very intimidating. And, you know, just because you don't understand something, you didn't really want to take part. But I feel as if if you don't know something that that should make you, you know, spring up a little bit more into wanting to know. So, you know, just just following researchers are great and reading different write ups on different attacks and different techniques is huge. And, you know, and and that's the thing I, I, I've I would say within the government, I was reading articles that I, you know, um, didn't understand everything in, within the article. But, you know, later on in time, the, the dots do connect. And I feel like I feel like that that happens as long as you stay consistent with it. I think so. I think that's huge to just keep reading. Our thanks to Derek Pendleton from Leg Mason for joining us. 
Don't forget to sign up for the Recorded Futures Cyber Daily email, where every day you'll receive the top results for trending technical indicators that are crossing the web. Cyber news, targeted industries, threat actors, exploited vulnerabilities, malware, suspicious IP addresses, and much more. You can find that at recordedfuture.com slash intel. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll subscribe and help spread the word among your colleagues and online. The Recorded Future podcast team includes coordinating producer Amanda McKeown, executive producer Greg Barrett. The show is produced by Pratt Street Media with editor John Petrick, executive producer Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Thank you.